0: we've been focusing on cultivating mindfulness of respiration to achieve single pointedness or to achieve concentrated mind. And why is it important, do you think, to understand the mechanics of mind, understand how mind works. Well, Thursday we talked about, I talked about being in a faith tradition, specifically Catholicism, and really doing my best to... uh, Be a good Catholic. Do no harm and do good. But I was not able to achieve that goal. And now I understand why. Because as good as I wanted to be, as good a partner as I wanted to be, as good a friend as I wanted to be, I had a mind that was untamed. I did not understand how the mind worked. And so I had this vehicle of confession to empty out the cash, to let go of the pain and sorrow and regret, remorse. But I still went back and did the same thing again next week. Well, what we know now is that developing concentration, developing the, or cultivating the ability to be one pointed, focused, especially on objects of heartfulness and bliss, these, this ability, this cultivation, It dampens the defilements. It subs- subdues the, the defilements. It pushes them down so they don't, they don't influence us as much. They don't aggravate us as much. And this is one of the benefits of being concentrated. So today, as Thursday, as Tuesday, as Sunday, as Thursday, as Tuesday, we're going to work with cultivation. The sutta that I'm working from, the teaching that I'm working from, is Mindfulness of Breathing, Sutta 118 in the Majjhima Nikaya, And it says, When mindfulness of breathing is developed and cultivated, it is of great fruit and great benefit. When mindfulness of breathing is developed and cultivated, it fulfills the four foundations of mindfulness. When the four foundations of mindfulness are developed and cultivated, they fulfill the seven enlightenment factors. And when the seven enlightenment factors are developed and cultivated, they fulfill true knowledge and deliverance. In other words, liberation, freedom, nibbana. And how is mindfulness of breathing developed and cultivated so that it is of great fruit and great benefit? Here, a meditator, a yogi, a yogini goes to the forest or to the root of a tree or to an empty hut, sits down, having folded his legs crosswise, sets his body erect and establishes mindfulness in front of him. So this is how we'll start. So I'm hoping that everyone who is participating in this practice, who is cultivating mindfulness of breath, that you're also committed to your practice. Like any practice of any skill, it's not going to get go deeper, it's not going to become more refined if we only do it when it's convenient. We must develop a commitment, not one that's so stringent that it discourages um, following the schedule, but one that's kind to you one that's workable for you, starting out with maybe a half hour a day, increasing that as the fruits become more obvious to you. Sitting and breathing. That's all you have to do. That one thing, just sitting and breathing. I gave you an assignment. I said, look at the mind and determine what is the predominant defilement of the mind. And if you do not have the prescription for canceling that, for rubbing that away, then talk to us and we will share with you what that might be for you so that you can work it. As complicated as this appears to be, it isn't. It is really the way we think it is. It is really the way we think it is. For instance, today is a a rainy day. And we can poll the population of Hendersonville and we will find differences of opinion about whether this is a good day or a bad day. If we talk to a farmer or a gardener, it's a good day. They're happy to see it. If we talk to someone who's plan- who has planned a picnic or a beach trip, it's a bad day. But the point is, The reality of that statement is that it is what we think it is. And so when we have a technique, a technology that allows us to switch channels in the mind, to change, to alter the way, not the way it is, but the way we think it is because it's that simple when we have the ability to take our focus off of what we think and put it on something else, another subject, we will learn or we will free ourselves from the manipulation of reality. Does everyone understand? Is there anyone who doesn't understand? Is there anyone who doesn't or feels that they don't have the vehicle to accomplish that? Okay. The procedure for going deeper requires a, a sequence, a practiced sequence, where we set up the condition for concentration. So all we have to do is prepare ourselves to be concentrated. We can't make ourselves be concentrated. We have to set the conditions where we will become, we will enter a, a space of concentration. So the first thing it tells us is that finding a place of seclusion. And we talked Thursday about that, and we realized that it's difficult to really get by yourself. Very few places are left where you can really be alone with yourself. So some of the tools to use is uh, sleep masks, earplugs, things that dampen the sense gates, things that close as a sense gate, so that we won't, be in, we won't be bothered by the intrusion through that gate. The further instruction is to abandon all covetousness and grief for the world. So as we take ourselves inside, as we close down the sense gates, it's about leaving behind all of the distress that we might feel because of what is happening in the day, in the, in the reality, in the life. Abandoning any covetousness, and grief or sorrow for the world. So it takes a minute just to go inside and see what we're holding, what it is that we're not happy about, what it is that we want to see differently, and abandon that. Put that aside for a moment. Okay, is there anyone who needs more time for that? No, you know, sometimes we don't know the load we're carrying. You know, we just, we, we feel tired, we feel frustrated, but we don't realize why. So it's important to investigate the state of mind, the condition of mind, and see what it is that we're carrying around inside ourselves. Okay. Now, the next sequence, the next step, is to bring mindfulness in front of us. So that means to bring it around. And there are different instructions, but the instructions that I give and the method that I use that has worked for me is putting my awareness, my attention at the nostrils. and to further condition the mind-heart for this work of one-pointedness. My recommendation, and in most of the suttas, they begin with taking the mind-heart into the Brahma viharas into the heavenly abodes, So whether you work with loving-kindness or compassion or altruism or equanimity, that's up to you. But it's about softening ourselves, about cleansing ourselves internally. So pick one. Loving-kindness, compassion, Whatever you feel like in this moment, you want to give. You want to project on reality. You want to give to the world. You think that it's needed in the world. Let's uh, sit up straight. Assume the posture of meditation. Erect spine is erect. The body's balanced. The legs are uncrossed. The feet are flat on the floor if you're sitting in a chair. And the posture is not important. You can lie down. You can stand up. You can sit down. You can sit on a cushion. You can move and walk. The posture isn't important. It's the state of mind that's important. The state of okayness, being comfortable. So part of that is wearing comfortable clothes. Usually it is encouraged to wear clothes with natural fiber that breathe that you don't wear anything too tight, too constricting, that will be distracting to you. And now that you've picked a subject that you're going to express to yourself, give to yourself and give to the world, let's close our eyes All right, can everyone see the benefit of creating the condition of kindness or compassion or altruism as a bedrock, as a foundation for concentration? Does everyone understand that? Does everyone see that? Is there anyone who doesn't see that? Again, just remember that when our mind is grieving, when our mind is agitated, when our mind is upset, it's very difficult to be calm. It's very difficult to be present. So. The method of Entering absorption is just that simple. Is that you provide the conditions for it to happen. And all that means is moving away, moving all of the other stuff out the way that impedes concentration. And that it'll happen. You can't make it, you can't manufacture it. You just create the condition for it to occur. So now, the next state, the next technique is to breathe mindfully. It says once you sit down and you Do your loving kindness meditation or your compassion meditation. You just begin to breathe mindfully. Now, what does that mean? That just simply means to be present with the breath. That's it. Not doing anything with it, not altering it, not noting that it's long or short, just being present with the breath. Not having any conversation about it. Just having present moment awareness that breathing is occurring. That's all you're doing. Not evaluating it. Just being with it. Okay? All right, so now... Just go back inside and just be present with the breath, mindfully breathing in and out. Now those who found themselves distracted, often, that simply means that your state of mind is discursive, busy, and you want to give it an anchor, you want to give it something to help it settle down. It's not used to being still. It's not used to being ordered to do some some one thing. So for those who, first of all, I'd like to express my appreciation for those of you who have already developed the ability to go deeper in your meditation, to be absorbed in your meditation. Your patience. Remember, normally you have different groups that have Either no idea what they're doing, or very little idea what they're doing, or you know, are very skilled in what they're doing, but they're separate, you're not on anyone else's clock. So, I appreciate your patience. So, if you are, if you do if you have decided or evaluated the state of your mind and decided that it is discursive, busy, and if you've noticed that it is busy every time you sit down and try to be still mentally, then what you want to do is count your breath. No less than five. No more than ten. Just in one, out one, or in one, out two. Depends upon what you, how you want to do it. And this gives an extra anchor for your attention to sort of glue to or cling to that keeps it where you want it to be, which is the breath, as opposed to getting entertained with stories of the mind, thoughts that come up, sounds or thoughts that come up about sounds you hear, thoughts that come up about feelings you have. Ultimately, it all boils down to what we think and why we think we think what we think. So, for those who have discursive minds, count your breath. That's all you're going to do now. You're just going to breathe in one, breathe out two. And work with anchoring your intentions on the feeling that the breath causes as It moves in and out of the nose. For those who are okay with this, who are pretty much settled with being mindful of breathing in and out. The next step is to note the length of breath. That's all you're doing. If it's long, you know it's long. You don't say it's long. You don't verbalize it. You just know. If it's short, you know it's short. And again, this is all about your evaluation. It's not about anything technical like, is it as long as a as a rabbit's or is it as long as a snake's? It's just, if you think it's short, it's short. If you think it's long, it's long. Okay. So now we've got two different exercises going on depending upon where you find yourself in this day, in this moment. Let's go back. Now how do you know <clears throat> or how what is the signs that your techniques are working for you that you are being carried deeper into the eternal reality the internal and eternal reality The first is there will be changes in your field of vision. They call these namitas or signs. So as opposed to just darkness or grayness, or you will begin to start to see manifestations of light, color, and form. Usually. When these occur, don't become distracted by that. That is not your object. That is just something that's happening. That's just your mind telling you that it is getting still. The conversation of mind with you. I am getting one-pointed. I'm getting still. And here is how you know I'm getting still. There's usually a pulling or an experience of motion when you become absorbed in mind when you become one with mind and the five factors that are present at this first level are applied and sustained thought pleasure and joy born of seclusion And so, if you want to know whether you're in the first genre or not, ask yourself whether you're smiling or not. Because if you're experiencing pleasure and joy, you're going to have a smile on your face. You're going to feel happy and blissful. If you're not feeling those things, you're not there. that there is not a place to go. It's always there. It's always right here. It's not somewhere you have to go. So don't try to get there. Don't try to make it happen. It's already there. You just have to move the junk out of the way. Again, for those of you who are already in that space, thank you so much for your patience and your willingness to help others who are not there yet to be there. For those who have busy minds, lots of thoughts, that will stop. And the more you practice, the more you sit and be still, which means you're not encouraging the proliferation of thought. You will begin to see the space enlarge where there's this thought, space, this thought. What happened with me was I started saying, gee, when is another thought going to happen? Well, that was a thought, wasn't it? (laughs) But that's the game that the mind will play with you. But you will have this awareness of stillness, emptiness, space, where there's not a lot of chatter. And that's what I'm talking about. You will get to that point, and that point will expand. I want to say, don't get rigid about what your experience will be. Because it might not be anything that anyone else has ever experienced. So just let it happen. But don't look for it. Don't look, oh, they said color, or they said, you know, you'll hear a sound or an an angelic orchestra or chorus. (laughs) All of those things are possible. That's my point. But it depends upon our individual perceptions as to what we will actually experience. And it may or may not be the same as the guy sitting next to you. So don't insist on it being one thing or another. Just be there with it. Whatever happens, happens. All right. Any questions? Welcome back. It was great, huh? All right.
1: So I do have a question about the difference between, and both have their own purpose, a guided meditation to help still the mind and bring just kind of an awareness and stillness versus simply focusing on the breath, which brings the same, or has the potential, especially for someone like me who is much more of an erratic mind that goes everywhere because I do a lot of guided meditation and I haven't focused as much, but I do some of the breath meditation, but both of them have the same ability to kind of focus that mind on an anchor point or a being point, just kind of the functional purpose and awareness of both of those from your perspective, please?
0: Well, they're both an object. Remember, we can be concentrated on something as benign and simplistic as a TV show. It's it's what holds our attention. It's the thing that holds our attention. So, we usually get bored with breathing, and, and and that's crazy because if we don't breathe, we're in trouble, right? But, I mean, th- this is some of the things that we observe about how we relate to consciousness. So, usually, guided meditations are more entertaining than just paying attention to the breath. So, they hold us better. They, they keep us anchored better. But unless you're going to walk around with that on your ear, you know.
1: Oddly, that for me is a great anchor because I can be out hiking. I can be in the midst of my classroom. I can be somewhere. And oddly, it's, it's maybe sometimes your voice or be here now by Ram Das or gratitude. And it's just that cue it's that cue for me Mm -hmm. does that serve the same functional purpose or is that almost a baby step or is it two different directions that it's still a form of mental spool to listen to a ram das because you're still like you said it's not to me entertainment because i couldn't sit through a tv show for five minutes Mm -hmm. but i can sit through ram das
0: mm-hmm
1: or I can watch a dorky documentary, but I can't be entertained by a movie. But at the same time, the breath one still has me floating out in space more. Is it a baby step? Is it lack of my own ability to sit down and shut up?
0: No, uh, because if if a guided meditation makes you sit down and shut up, then that's fine. Uh, no, 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 no. It's, it's, not, it's not a baby step. It's, It's, you know, some people catch a plane, some people catch a train, some people catch a bus, some people walk. You, you hiked, right? So it doesn't matter the vehicle we choose. What matters is what works for us. So I'm saying that to say in this dispensation, in what we call Buddhism, there are 40 different meditation objects to get you to the same place. You don't have to use all 40 to get there. You use one of those.
1: As long as the mind is more disciplined.
0: As, as long as you achieve the condition that allows you to go to the next level or observe the next level, whatever that means. Okay? So, whatever whatever floats your boat, whatever works. <laughs> That's what's important. Right, I see some hands, All right? Yes, hi, um, my name is Jamie, and... Um, Hope? Oh.
1: Quick question. Yes. Um, so talking about meditation techniques and arriving mm-hmm. at that same place, I was taught that the technique is not the meditation itself. So it's the vehicle to get you to the place of absorption. And so once you're there you're in that space you can drop the technique. So it doesn't necessarily matter if it's breath, it's counting, it's guided. Once you reach that place, it's just absorption. Right. Is that correct? Okay. Because I I was struggling a little bit when we were doing the noting of the length of the breath because I would slip in and out of absorption, and my mind wanted to go back to the anchor, the technique, and it was like, but no, I just want to stay here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I just wanted to differentiate the two that that's where i'm headed.
0: Yeah. Okay. And again, uh, for those of you who are already achieving that space, i appreciate your patience and your willingness to sit with the others who ha- aren't there yet to give them to be company, to be companions with them as they develop.
1: Hey, i just wanted to make the comment that f- the food i eat sometimes affects the my mind. You know, um, I decaffeinated myself years ago. (laughs) But Mm. if I have a piece of birthday cake, you know, my mind seems to be more busy.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, these these are the Mm -hmm. things we learn about ourselves when we pay attention to ourselves. So there are lots of things that will... Substances which will disturb our ability, which will derail our ability to achieve stillness. And in learning those things, then we make decisions, don't we? We say, well, I'm going to give that up because that works opposite to what I'm trying to achieve in my life. And so we learn, that's all. And what bothers or what aggravates one person does not necessarily aggravate another. So we're really learning about ourselves. That's all it's all about. But thank you for sharing that. Again, thank you for braving the elements to come. It shows discipline. It shows commitment. And and we here at Hardwood certainly appreciate that. That, that, that discipline from you, we, we appreciate it. Um, for those who are still working with getting the mind settled, just remember, don't give up. Bhikkhu Bodhi said, there are two things that are necessary to make this journey successful for everyone who appreciates it, everyone who is interested in it. That's to start it and to stay with it. Those are the two things. Don't give up. No meditator or no teacher of meditation will give you a timeline. Again, because it's, it's different for different people, they will not give you an absolute object of meditation because it's different for different people. The idea is that we are all going to the same place that is universal mind, that place where wisdom and knowledge abide and presents itself to us without us having to think or figure or calculate. It's there, it's available. It's there for everybody because it's yours, that's who you are. And all we're ultimately doing is finding our way back home. We're becoming united again with who we really are. Not who we think we are, but who we really are. Not who we're told we are, but who we really are. So keep working on it every day, every opportunity you have, any place you might be. It works on your job, it works on Main Street, it works here in the Dama Hall, because it's everywhere. And so are you. May all beings be liberated from suffering. May we be well. May we be happy. May we be peaceful. Again, thank you so much. We appreciate you. We appreciate your support. We appreciate your wisdom and your commitment. Smile at a stranger. We'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening.